you need a long shot for a big score, you need silly underdog picks. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. It may be a long shot, but it's all you've got. It's time to pick your dark horse. Not your nose. This is Silly Underdog Picks. Brought to you by Volunteer Jose Gasket. Silly Underdog Picks. Now, on Darren, Donick, and Chase. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. Uh, underdog is here. <laughs> All right, hour number three on this Thursday afternoon. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe, participants in Silly Underdog Picks. Something Willie like Donick, the commissioner. He is. He I is. am right here. I he am is. ready to go. Let's. Uh, the data is ready. Phones seem to be a little bit quiet this weekend, so <laughs> I didn't check, see who won and who lost, but it seemed to be... Uh, not any text flowing around, so that's probably not a good sign. Let's I, I sent you a text. There was a, there was oh, yeah, a pretty you significant. You you there was a significant win. Okay. Well, let's start with Forever Titan. Chris Sanders. He will be a part of the pregame coverage yeah. Sunday down at George Jones yes. on Second Avenue from nine thirty until eleven thirty. Chris, how you doing? Hey, bud. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, you what's doing going right? on? What's new, buddy? Hey, hey uh, Darren. Can I ask you a question? You're good at math, right? Uh, not actually. No, my son's probably better than me. Okay, what's zero plus zero? <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> That's your wow. score, buddy. That's how many times you won. Wow. <laughs> wow. Glad he picks on you. <laughs> uh, just like I said earlier, uh, last hour, they were making fun of me downstairs in the Predators locker room. They yeah. listened You're to You're going to have to tell me who. And they, uh, they were saying, you suck at your picks. <laughs> oh, I'm like, awful. You are the worst. And I was like, what do you want me to say? Okay, I get. I mean, I have no comeback. I just hey, have to sit there and take it. All you got to do is say, as long I'm, I'm giving it my all, that's all that matters. That's well, I did. One, it's one pick at a time. Right? I will give my all for Tennessee today. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is interesting. You know, when we have our production meetings for a broadcast, you know, uh-huh. we'll go over some things we want to put up on a graphic for a telecast. And, Chris, I think you just brought up a stat. Like, I. I, in the history of the competition, nobody wow. has ever gotten zero for the season. Wow. I mean, that's, that could be a graphic for this week if we were on TV. We'd say no one has ever been shut out for a season. You guys still have a chance for perfection. We just lost Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard I click. thought he was speechless. He got zapped. He got zapped. So let's bring up who Baker Mayfield is trying to be in Cleveland. He's trying to be another Kelly Holcomb. And right now he doesn't. he looks like he's about – 500 miles from being uh, the next Kelly Holcomb because he stinks and the Browns stink. Now, luckily for them, their schedule gets really easy the second half of the season. He's Kelly Holcomb, part of the Riverdale staff. His son is on the Riverdale Warriors. Kelly, how you doing? I'm good. It's not a bad thing that Chris is no longer on the uh, huh? I'm back. Oh, he's I back. You know, I, I, oh, I, I got to talk some more trash. Get off, uh, Kelly. Oh, is he back? Yeah. yeah. Just in Everything time as we pulled you up. Just in time. You talk, you know what I think about? I think about the karate kid when Danielson and Mr. Miyagi were sitting there and he caught the fly and he gets up and he says, beginner's luck. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you talk, that's what I think about. Every Man, time. hey, a new sheriff is in town, baby. Yeah, no, no, ain't no new sheriff now. And 
And I brought it up last week, Commissioner Donick, that if Chris keeps talking, you need to find him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know in football uh, this week they, or yesterday they had to trade. You know, players are going to get traded. Uh, seriously, Darren's been doing so terrible. He's been doing terrible that I thought he was going to get traded. Seriously. <laughs> wow, he's not even done. He came right out with a swift kick. <laughs> swift kick to the midsection and still got more kicks. Another Karate Kid reference there. Yeah. There we go. You know what, though? I'm still impressed, though, Kelly, with the, the image of catching the fly with the chopsticks. That is pretty good. Maybe that's what you guys need to do. Just practice, get the chopsticks out, work it, you know, and then all of a sudden the magic will happen. Um, uh, no. <laughs> or or stand on the post um, at the beach, or you know, do, do the crane technique. Uh, yeah. no. Uh, oh, maybe I try yoga, or just something a little bit simpler. <laughs> maybe try yoga. Something. Some yoga pants on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't, can't. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Even I had to laugh at that. <laughs> uh, Derek Mason wanted to send along that he's doing laundry. He's uh, picking out his gray <laughs> outfit for doing tomorrow. Laundry. So he'll join us in the second segment. All of his gray outfits. Are you outfits, sure it's gray? It's gray top, gray hat, gray socks, gray underwear, gray pants. <laughs> Sometimes it's we're black. All, we're all dirty. So he's doing uh, laundry, and so he'll join us in the second segment La- for his Are pick. you serious? Laundry? That's, that, that's what was passed along, that he needs to clean his gray outfit for, for tomorrow's show. So. Yeah. And uh, then Nick Kale. Nick Kale is. His wife has him running errands or yeah, something. Something. I don't know. Really? He's got dentist appointment, right. fingernails painted. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I never know what he's doing. Whatever. He's making meatloaf. I don't know what he's doing. So, with that being said, Commissioner Willie Donick, the floor yeah, is yours. Let's review. Willie! Oh, Willie D! Willie D! Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Commissioner speaking. Willie Donick here from Pete and Terry's Tavern, Bridgestone Arena. This is the Silly Underdog Competition 2019 presented by Volunteer Hose and Gasket. Let's first look at our online competition and find out who did well with our contest among our listeners. First, the most popular picks. Far and away, the most popular pick. Well, actually, there were two of them. They were dead heat. Wisconsin, the underdog at Ohio State. 32% of the audience selected them. Also, 32% took Kentucky against Missouri, and we know that, unlike the Wisconsin game, was a victory. We'll get to that with our panel in a moment. Uh, 18%, third most people, selected Syracuse at Florida State. So, with that in mind, uh, oh, by the way, there were 36 people that had Kansas State Hmm. over Oklahoma. So that was the big upset, of course, nationally. Aha. Aha. So, who who did the best online? Well, the winner of the online contest, if I can get to the page, is Jason Harris from Franklin, Kentucky. 39 points. And so he takes home the weekly prize, and we always have some good stuff for you if you play every week. So it's not like you're, you're ever out of the contest. So keep playing. If you, if you haven't played all year, you can still join up and play and see if you can win some prizes. It just takes one great week. Now let's get to the panel. For week nine, the first pick went to Chase McCabe, coming in at 0-8, and, and he is now 0-9. And, and it was a heartbreaking <laughs> loss because he had Colorado, a 13-and-a-half-point home dog against the Southern Cal Trojans, a team that you love to beat. 
They led by 10. Yeah. Chase, going into know. the fourth quarter, they had it. I was yeah. feeling good. They had the lead. Feeling real good. And I they, was silent, but I was feeling good. And they lost 35-31. to 31. Chase is now 0-9. and nine. He has yeah. lost nine wow. times. Nine times. And no points Did, for Were you cover. watching the game? Were you watching I was. The I was. That's two weeks in a row that I've covered, but no points for a cover. No points for a cover <laughs> until the underdogs. That, that brings us to Chris Sanders, who yeah. oh. he really he was he oh. had you know the vomit in his throat, kind of oh. the, the vomit burp as he was saying it because he did not want to do this, but he selected yeah. one of his nemesis teams from the Big Ten, Michigan State. Oh, they let me down. They were a six and a half home dog against Penn State. They have given Penn State fits over the years, especially in East Lansing, but not this time. They were poo. Twenty-eight-seven. The Nittany Lions under James Franklin stay undefeated on the season. Chris, though, continues to, to be the story of the season so far. He's 4-5 and five on the year, but he's got 50 points with a bunch of big wins. So, Chris, you had a, you had a mulligan to give there. I did, but uh, still in first place. Still in first place. Thank you. I can tell Chris is trying to talk to him in him because he's afraid yeah. Kelly will jump all over. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> You're right. The third pick, Darren McFarlane. I love the way he's like, I'm still in first place for her. <laughs> <laughs> third, play, our third pick went to Darren McFarlane. He took the Badgers of Wisconsin, the aforementioned team. 14.5-point dog playing in the horseshoe against Ohio State, oh. which is no longer a horseshoe. Uh, hung around early, battled, still in the game at half. At the yeah, half. Still, yeah. it, it got a big play at the end seven. of the half, and they're right there. Ohio State put it in another gear and looked awesome in the second half and pulled away. 38-7 to was the final. So, Darren, you are now 0-9. Well, this right is, alongside Chase McKay. This is the best I could do because I got nothing to talk about. But Chase can actually back me up on this. I said to him when we got done and we went to the break last week, I said it was between Wisconsin and Kansas State. That's what I told him. I said, I, I, so, so Chase, you witnessed this, right? He did. I, he I said, thought it. this is this was last week. As yeah. soon as we went to the break, I said I I couldn't decide Wisconsin or do I go even bigger and I go Kansas State. I really considered Kansas State, yeah. and of course I went with Wisconsin. Wanna, it's, uh, it's just a nice story. That's all it is. <laughs> it's a nice story. Who was heckling you down in the locker room? I'm not telling. I'm not going. I'm not going to name names. But they were, were were they? We know they were staff for the Predators. Were there? It's just you're just going to keep it at that. Just leave it. You will not re- no hints. Alone, okay, it's it's I well because it. because there's some Chris people said, with some Big Ten. Chris comes on. There's some here. Big Ten people down there. There's I, some Big Ten I people know, down there. I know. And Chris has come on here with some swift kicks to the groin. <laughs> I go downstairs in the Predators locker room. I'm getting swift kicks there. So I mean, I get it. I get it. But I'm just here to tell you. I almost took Kansas. I mean, I I'm I was 50-50, yeah. and I took Wisconsin. I should have taken Kansas State. Yep. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, yep. I'll give you a participation trophy later on. I know. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's uh, 2019, man. Hey, that's Darren with two R's. That's <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, participant, silly underdog, 2019. Oh, man, we're going to have to get a plaque. All right. Nick Kale had the fourth pick. The rookie selects Kentucky. A ten-and-a-half-point dog playing in Lexington against Missouri, coming off the stinging loss to Vanderbilt. Kentucky made it a double whammy on the Tigers. They win 29-7 to going away. So ten-and-a-half points to Nick Kale, and he moves into sole possession of third place with 21 points. 
So a nice job by Nick. Yeah. He's yeah. not here to gloat about yeah, it. Yeah, great, great job, Nick. Missed his chance to talk talk trash. Hopefully you're having a nice running errands. Right it's a pedicure. Bed yeah. bath and beyond. Getting a pedicure. Nice little is it like uh, Frank the Tank? Nice little Saturday plan? He's got a nice little he's got a, he's got a nice he little Thursday plan. Maybe a bad bath and beyond. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right, that brings us to Derek Mason. He's going deep. I mean, he's he's not playing for second place. He's trying to get back in the competition. He selects the Falcons of Bowling we Green. We told him that was a loud twenty-six and a half God, point underdog. Well, I mean, he he went big twenty-six and a half at Western Michigan, and the Falcons led three nothing at the end of the first quarter. And you're thinking, hey, no, does Derek? I, I, no, I was not thinking that. You may have been thinking I was not. Well, I didn't watch the game. I did look at the scores at the end of each quarter. I was like, were they? The final score was 49-10. to 10. They lost. So Derek is still at 14 points on the season, three wins, six losses. So he is in fourth place. And that brings us to Kelly Holcomb, the defending oh. champion. He had to come out of the – had to come out of the uh, – Comfort zone. The comfort zone. Yeah. Yep. And what did you say? He fired the – he fired the fullback. He went with the no. He cut him. He released. He went to the shotgun. He went with Spread three, four wides. Yep. Yeah, no fullback in the offense. <laughs> and he went with Albert, a ten and a half point dog at LSU, and that was a dog fight throughout. They were right in it. Yeah. The whole game, up up in the second half, late in the third quarter, it's still thirteen ten. They're hanging on. You were wondering, is this going to happen? Uh, no. A couple of big plays by LSU. The defense takes over. Still, right there, twenty three to twenty was the final. So Kelly stays at 30 points. He's 6-3 and three on the season, but he trails Chris by 20 points in the competition. Kelly was yelling Omaha as he was trying <laughs> yeah. to change, audible the play. No, I, I, I actually cut it off because, I mean, I understand that he's a freshman, but, like, he can't throw it in the ocean, dude. I mean, good <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He does miss bad uh, on some of those passes. He's got to complete some passes now. I mean, at some point, we got to complete some passes. And I mean, if they do that, they're you know they got a good chance of winning the game. They're still in the game, but you know you got to be accurate with your throws. I guess that'll come with a little bit more experience. Yep, the true freshman. All right, so we move on to week ten. On the other side, we will make the picks. Chris Sanders will have the first pick. He's got a twenty-point lead on Kelly. Darren will be second, trying for his first win. Nick Kale in third place will have the third pick. Derek Mason fourth, Kelly Holcomb fifth, and Chase McCabe. Not only is he in last place, but he's got the last pick. This is the Silly Underdog Picks provided by Volunteer Hose and Gasket. We're coming up next for Week 10. Thank you, Pete. We're in your tavern. We're in Pete and Terry's tavern. You should be here, too. Because in a little bit over an hour, we're going to let somebody in the building with us tonight. Predators and Flames. You've got a chance to win a pair of tickets, but you have to come in here and sign up to win. You don't have to be present to win, but you have to come in here and sign up to win at Pete and Terry's Tavern. So you've got a little bit over an hour to get involved. You just walk in here. You see the registration box sitting on the counter at Pete and Terry's Tavern, and you've got a chance to win tickets to tonight's game to close out the month of October, okay? But right now, we're making our picks. So, Willie, with that being said, the commissioner, I will turn things back over to you. Okay, we move on to week 10. Chris Sanders right now in the lead with 50 points hey, on buddy. the year. Hey, Kelly hey, with 30. Doing. Nick Kale with 21. Derek Mason, 14. Chase and Darren, 
Okay, this is the silly underdog, silly underdog picks. Volunteer hose and gasket. Chris Sanders on the clock. Hey, honey, what you want to pick, honey? Hey, honey, what do you think? Hey, Wait, sweetheart, what you, you think? Are you catching the song here? Yeah, he did it last Yeah, time. he did it last time. Oh, that's right. Then we're at, you know, I am going to wonder if, if the pack catches up. Changing the song when you're on fire is a questionable move. Hey, Boo. Hey, Boo. That's a good pick. I think. Let's go with that, Boo. And this pick right here, this one's from, from Kelly Holcomb. I mean, this, this is going to put me over the echelon. And, you know, last week we lost. Me and my sweetie pie, we met. And when I first told her about the pick that I was, was going to make, she's kind of like, what are you talking about? But this is the pick right here that's going to get me over. It is UMass over Liberty. <laughs> get you some. Have you seen UMass? This is you just. Okay. This is you this going, is you know what? I'm so comfortable with my lead, okay. I don't care. No, That's okay. what you just did. Okay. And, and, when, and when I call you all day Saturday, on the hour, every I will Saturday, answer. You will. I will answer. And then I'm if the Minutemen win this, I will answer it and take everything you got. Got it. And then I'm going to call Kelly Holcomb every five minutes. Just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Go one. Ahead, man. I'm sure you will. Okay. <laughs> you I called uh, Derek and he won't answer. I was helping my daughter stu- study for a history test, and they were talking about the American Revolution, and they were talking about the Minutemen. Yeah. They stink. So I was like, "You're talking about UMass?" No, I mean, they uh, Dad, no, stink. we're talking about the Minutemen, you know, the I'll, actual Minutemen. But UMass call. Minutemen are one in seven on the year, and yeah. they are a twenty-three and a half point underdog playing at home. Against Liberty under Hugh Freeze, they five just and three. lost by three touchdowns to UConn. Okay. It was the battle of the toilet bowl, and they lost by three touchdowns. Okay. Well, I, I just just look from just have your phone in hand on Saturday. Hey, the guy's got fifty points. <laughs> what's your What's what, your girlfriend's what, what, what name what again? Ashley. Ashley. Yeah, Ashley's clearly out of the country. This is, <laughs> this is this is totally your pick. She is <laughs> Ashley is in Norway right now. There's no way she she had any part of this pick. <laughs> so Tajay Sharp, I, I'm sure will be uh, very happy with this pick, exactly. rooting for you. Yeah, I'm telling. Okay, I just have all y'all's hand, y'all's phone in hand on Saturday. Yeah, we, we will. Don't we? we will. All right. The the Minutemen, 23 and a half against Liberty. That brings us to Darren McFarland with the second pick. Indian Fever. It's officially next year for the Indians. It does. It is each year too. <laughs> it's a new year. year. I don't know what winning feels like. Be a believer. He's not. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Bum 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 bum. Bum 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 bum. Uh, I'm gonna it's, go. It's a good thing the guy with the drum in Cleveland doesn't have the attitude. That guy went through years he where did. they were terrible. He'd be out there at the he municipal did. and beating that drum with a lot of pride. Wild thing. You, no. you need to let him make the pick. Oh man, that guy too. Uh, this team played a crazy, crazy six overtime game. They had the week off to enjoy that incredible game and victory. Notre Dame, I don't believe is that good, but they are at home. But I'm going to take Virginia Tech and the 17 and a half points. Virginia Tech is a 17 and a half point dog at Notre Dame. 
who come, and both teams coming in at five and two. It's a one thirty game on NBC. <laughs> Notre Dame did not look good at all in the rain no. in the big house. Boy, they were no. bad. No. And I don't have a story. I didn't. It's not between that and another game. That was my pick. So we'll see how bad I stink next week. So you're hoping for a funk from the Fighting Irish. I just don't hang over. I just think Virginia Tech seems like they're getting better each week. And Notre Dame is is facing the reality. They're not going to the playoffs. It's just not that second loss. They're they're done. So this this could be a good time to go in there. We'll see. That brings us to Nick Kale, who is absent this week. Where is he now? He's good. He's getting a pedicure. Well, he, at last check, he was pedicure and then Bed Bath & Beyond, and then yeah. where's the next one? Who knows? If he's got time, he may hit Home Depot. Who knows? No, that wasn't <laughs> on his list. No? No. Not on the list? So, Max Hurst has the picks from Nick Kale, and he has been studying the first two. And here we go. Hopefully his picks are better than his attendance. The Pittsburgh native. Pittsburgh picking for Philly. We got to go with the Pennsylvania polka here. An absolute jam. We're trying to keep the momentum Nick had going last week. He will be picking Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party on the neutral field against UGA. I think we need to crank up the music one more time. That's pretty good stuff right there. I have heard the Steeler polka, an offshoot of this as well. <laughs> it just Florida doesn't is, end. It just doesn't end. <laughs> it just keeps going. Florida is a six-and-a-half-point dog in the game at, against Georgia. This is an interesting one. <laughs> Anybody surprised that the line is that big, given that uh, Georgia has struggled some? A little bit, yeah. I mean, look, if we had a close competition going on, that probably would have been the first game taken. <laughs> So we hey, have a tour of Ashley. Suggesting, like, if you're not here, you don't get to pick because that was my dad gum pick. He should be able to pick. <laughs> we uh, we have a we have a text from Nick Kale. Oh, we don't want to hear about his text, dude. If you're not going to be on the show and participate, I don't want to hear about his gift. How does he have time to text? Right, he's got, got time can't be to on do that, pick. but he does have time to go on the air. So I don't even want to hear. It's it. It's funny though. Uh, you know what? Now we don't get off. You don't get to do off-air commentary if you're not going to participate. Uh, Darren, you have to admit you're a little grumpy because you're zero and nine. Yeah, I am. If you were nine and zero, I think. Oh yeah, let's hear what Nick has to say. If he were zero and nine, you'd want to hear it. Well, Kelly's mad. I'm mad. <laughs> if Ashley, if Ashley was in the country, Chris Sanders would have taken Florida and done the right thing and, and done the right pick. But instead, she's in I don't know where in Europe, and he takes. UMass. Uh, all I know is okay. if UMass wins, we, we have a new record. We, we will have shattered well, the record. If UMass wins, I'll be joining Nick <laughs> with, a, with a pedicure next Thursday. <laughs> I won't be on the show. Okay. All right. That brings us to Derek Mason, who has the fourth pick. He comes into the competition in fourth place. All right. Um... Boy. Derek, good to hear from you. Hey, hey, nice to be on. Nice to be on. Um, I'm going to go with the team that had a bye last week. Um, I like what their coach had to say um, after the big victory. Um, so I'm going with Vandy. Oh. Ah! 
Wow. Chase is like, dang it, I was going to sing that song. I was really feeling it this I w- week. I wasn't going to sing a song, but. That was going to be yours? Yeah. Interesting. Vanderbilt yeah. is a 15-point dog on the road against South Carolina. Oh, so D-Mace needs many, points going big. Many people say they want this job. <laughs> so I'm going with Derek Mason and the Vander- Vanderbilt Commodores. Huh? Thought that line was a little high. I got to be honest. I, I that did was a not. little steep. This no? is about right. I think. Okay. I think. We're, we're, I think there's still some skeptics with Vanderbilt, and I think people believe that back at home there will be some sort of bounce back with South Carolina. Okay. But we will find out. Kelly Holcomb is now on the clock. He has the fifth pick. He trails Chris Sanders by 20. Wow. And Chris Sanders has a 23-and-a-half point pick on the board. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. They suck. <laughs> mama, take me home. Once, once again, Whitley, I'm going to bring up two things. Can we get Chris to shut up? Is there any way to find him? <laughs> <laughs> While other people are picking. And secondly, if Nick Kale's not going to come on, he doesn't get the pick. Because you pick my pick. <laughs> so now I've got to scramble because I didn't think he, I thought guys would be getting more points. So, dadgummit. Um, <laughs> and Chris, obviously, I hate to say this, but Chris cannot win anymore. Um <laughs> I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go with this just because of points and they're really bad, but I don't know. I just just for points. I'm gonna say Georgia Tech beats Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. All right, Georgia Tech is a seven and a half point dog playing at home against the five and three Pittsburgh Panthers. I'm gonna give props to Pittsburgh for going back to the old school Dan Marino Tony Dorsett uniforms. Yep. I like those. You, you guys fans of those? They went yeah, to a different. Yeah, I like, I like, I like those. those as well. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging those. Kind of the sort of the lighter blue and the lighter gold instead of like the older gold, the dirty gold and the, and the navy. So Pittsburgh going on the road to Atlanta. That brings us to the 0-9 Chase McCabe. He's had a chance to survey the, the board. For Georgia Tech? For Georgia Tech, 7.5 for the Yellow Jackets. All right. All right. On to Chase McCabe for the final pick. It worked for the Nats. It saved the season. It saved the season for the Nats. So let's see if it'll work for me. That should be your rallying cry. They were nineteen and thirty-one. Yep. You could be the next Nats. The Blues were last place in the in the NHL on January third. Could Chase McCabe recover from the zero and nine? Well, he's gonna try. Next week, play Gloria. If this doesn't work, <laughs> I am uh, at this point. Got to get on the board. We got to just the season's starting over. So give me SMU on the road at Memphis in prime time, and uh, game day is there. Give me the undefeated SMU Mustangs. This is actually a big game. They they get the ABC window. Both teams are ranked. Memphis is seven and one, hosting SMU, who is eight and zero. SMU, by the way, one of 
Chris Sanders' big winners yep. earlier in the season, and there is a Sanders playing in this game. Yes, sir. So I want him to win. He, yep. he's, he's so far ahead, he wants you to win, Chase. I, 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 mean, I know. And he probably would want you to win anyway, even if he was running your tail. <laughs> yeah. So is this pick to separate you from me? Is this what this is? This is what this pick? You just yeah, want to? I, I want to get on the board. Okay. So you're trying to separate yourself from yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, SMU is a six-point dog in the Liberty Bowl against Memphis. You picked a 17-and-a-half-point dog. So, I mean, you know, there would be separation. Well, I'm saying that you took a six-point game because you're trying to. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying. To I'm just trying to. Yourself. I'm trying to spark my team. Okay. Okay. Because it's third and forty-two, and you just <laughs> threw a screen pass. That's what. I'll, that's all I'm saying. No, I just did a quick kick. <laughs> <laughs> a quick kick. <laughs> all right. Let's review the picks from Week Ten: the Silly Underdog Contest, presented by Volunteer Hose and Gasket. These are the picks: Chris Sanders, the leader in the competition. Not only looking to add to his lead, but just looking to bury the competition and shatter the all-time record for points in a season 10 weeks in. The UMass Minutemen, 1-7 on the season, 23.5-point dogs playing at home against Hugh Freeze and the Liberty Club. Who did, who did Chris Kelly, you'll remember this, who did he take the first week of the contest against Ohio State? Who was it? One of the Florida Ohio Atlantic. teams. Who oh it was yeah. Florida Atlantic. Yeah. This pick is dumber oh, than FAU. Yeah. Oh, it really yeah. is. It's dumber <laughs> than FAU. <laughs> Darren McFarland has the second pick. With no points on the season, trying to make a run, he goes with the Hokies of Virginia Tech. Five and two, but seventeen and a half points the underdog at Notre Dame against the Fighting Irish. Nick Kale, third pick. Goes to Jacksonville, the largest outdoor cocktail party in America. The Florida Gators, a six-and-a-half-point dog on the neutral field against the Georgia Bulldogs. The winner of the game has, of course, the big leg up for the SEC East title. Derek Mason, picking fourth, stays in the SEC and goes to the Vanderbilt Commodores. His namesake's team, a 15-point dog on the road at South Carolina as South Carolina still stinging from the loss and the decisive loss in Knoxville last Saturday. Kelly Holcomb goes with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, trying to chip away at Chris Sanders' lead. The defending champion is 20 points behind. Georgia Tech is a 7.5-point home dog as they host the Pittsburgh Panthers. And then finally, Chase McCabe just trying to get something, trying to get a first down, trying to do anything, move the chains one time, just get break the zero, break the goose egg. He goes with the undefeated, SMU Mustangs, 8-0, six-point dogs, playing in the Liberty Bowl against the 7-1 Memphis Tigers. A big, big game in the American Football Conference or the American Athletic Conference. Remember, you can play online by going to thegamenashville.com. You make three picks each week. Even if you haven't played all year, jump on in. we got weekly prizes for you. Just make your picks before Saturday at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., I should say. Those are the picks for Week 10. And, gentlemen, good luck. Whatever. Thank you, Commissioner. I got That's right, the attitude, guys, Chase. That's the Thank attitude. Thank you. Thank you. See you, guys. Forever Titan, Chris Sanders. Kelly Holcomb. Forever Brown, Kelly Holcomb. All right, we'll come back. By the way, still got a chance to get in here. 
As people are hanging out for lunch, you don't have to be present to win, but you must be present to register to win tickets to come to tonight's game. So pop into Pete and Terry's Tavern if you're downtown here, the back end of Bridgestone Arena, and you could be in the building tonight. We'll come back. More of Darren Donick and Chase on the other side, ESPN 102.5 The Game. They had this going in Tampa. It had the whole crowd snapping along. Oh, yeah? Singing along. Yeah, they had a great organist down there. Did a good job. Awesome. Who knows what crazy Kyle will have up his sleeve tonight? <laughs> oh, he'll have something. He might have sure. this one. We'll see. By the way, if you think you're the biggest Alabama fan out there, well, you've got a chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise. That'll be on February 10th through the 15th. It's the second annual Crimson Tide Cruise that will set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel and on through Yucatan, Mexico, on board the Carnival Valor. It's a national champion-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. Send us a picture by Twitter with the hashtag Bama Cruise, hashtag Bama Cruise, or you can upload a picture at thegamenashville.com. Book the cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off with the promo code GAME. With the promo code GAME. Just read where Vanderbilt will extend their alcohol sales. You know, they did it yep. uh, with, during this football season, or have been doing it this football season. Chase, we experienced that in the Georgia game. The line was all the way to Murfreesboro. Yep. Um, but back up to Floyd. They Same. will. <laughs> that's right, back to Floyd. Uh, not Floyd Reese. Floyd Stadium, but they're going to extend it for basketball games and baseball games this year as well. Yeah, I actually was going to bring this up, and then Mike Vrabel went to the podium, so I didn't have a chance to really get into it. But you kind of expected this, that they would, you know, they did it for football, that they're going to do it for everything else. So now making it official that as they learn how how uh, to work things and, you know, probably have worked a lot of kinks out from that first game that you and I were at with Georgia – um, now you can do that at Memorial Gym and the Hawk. Yep, so wanted to pass that along. Uh, well, we really haven't had a chance to to get your thoughts on Game 7 last night as the baseball has closed up shop for the year, at least on the field. And we thought, you know, man, we've never seen through the first six games that ever happened, and it played out. It went all the way through 7. I said back at the first hour of the show that, I would say in our lifetimes we'll probably never see that happen in professional sports again where a seven-game series goes to the visiting team. I, I don't think we'll see it in our lifetime. doesn't mean it won't happen in sports again, but I don't think it'll happen in our lifetime. As I was sending out a couple tweets and congratulatory and, and, you know, during the big moments of the game, and it was a great game seven. It ended up 6-2, to two, but if you watch the game, it was intense and there was the huge turn of events that happened in the seventh inning so suddenly where a team that all of a sudden was in the driver's seat was not but as i got somebody that tweeted back and said you know home field home ice just isn't what it used to be and i wonder if that's true like i wonder if the but numbers why? Why? i wonder if the numbers support that like is it actually true i don't know but it, it does certainly seem like we've been talking about that a lot like the nfl well, I know, but that was the, like the first month of the season. We haven't gather, bothered to go back and look like the yeah. next four games. So we're at the kind of the midway point. Did it play out, or did yeah. things kind of start evening out the next four weeks? We should do that yeah. with the NFL because the story, the first three to four weeks, were the visiting teams. The visiting teams were having so much success in the NFL. 
Okay, but why? I mean, the Predators I, are I don't success know. here. They're 6 No, but one. you can't pick out one game or one sport yeah, or one okay. season, Fair. really. It's more like over time, over the years, has it gotten easier to win on the road? I don't, I don't really know the answer to that, but that was just floated out there because in recent memory, you can think of a lot of teams that have done very well on the road. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been... There have been times the Predators have been that, you know, just oh, there's been some well series. Remember the Winnipeg series yeah. where the road team won what five out of the seven games, right? I think. So, I I think now you know, like, okay, if you're going to win a championship, you have to be successful both at home and on the road. And I don't know if there's much of an emphasis put on it on how you how you prepare differently. But as we all know, I mean, it's it is different because when you're yeah. home, you're home, and you have home stuff to deal with, and you have to kind of have life when you're on the road you're just yeah well i mean that's and that's the other doing. thing it's like the theories you can go on all day like like why i i, have, I don't know if anybody can ever figure out why maybe maybe you just handle yeah the atmosphere better i, I don't know but it's like you got these great crowds and nobody got to celebrate a win right it, but i mean the, nothing's changed that's what i want to know like <laughs> what has changed i mean that's a good question nothing's changed i yeah. mean because there, there you could say the camaraderie and the, yeah. you're away from the family that was true in 1950 right. it's whatever, all you know? everything you just pointed out was going on is it just the traveling so efficiency that you travel I, I, and be, you know that, it's not as much of a grind to travel because of the the charters and but the, your, both teams have to travel that's the thing both teams have to do it right Right, I mean, they have to. Uh, yeah, over the time. But at least over, with yeah. at least with baseball, I was thinking about this last night because hockey does in a best of seven. It's two, two, one, one, one. Baseball still does the old two, three, two. So it, I wonder if that hmm. has any difference at all. And I'm just saying, Willie, after you get past the first two games, that first, the start of the series, everybody travels the same, right? I mean, you have to go two and back and forth. Everybody's yeah. doing the same thing. So I don't know if that would. Uh. Really yeah. Maybe just because of the salary caps, the teams in general are more even. I, I don't know. But it was it was a good World Series. The games, the, the tack-on runs by the Nationals, I think, were the key because what you didn't have to see other than the first game that they gutted out and found a way to win, the biggest weakness of the Nationals all year was the bullpen, right? <coughs> it was shaky. Yeah. At one point, it was far and away the worst bullpen in the league. They fixed it some. They picked up Daniel Hudson, a couple other guys. Doolittle rebounded. But those guys, for the most part, were not put in tough situations. It really wasn't situations. About the bullpen for the Nationals. It was all about their starting pitching. The starting the, pitching, yes, but when Max Scherzer guts his way through yeah. five and you get him out of there, if I'm the Astros, I'm liking it. I'm up 2 nothing, and I yeah. got Scherzer out of the game? Yep. Nice, but Corbin pitched great. Yep. So they used that tactic that some teams have been doing. The Red Sox did it well, you know, bring the starter back. But I kept thinking, is Corbin going to finish this? Or if it stays 3-2, are they going to bring Hudson into a one-run game, which is a totally different thing than a four-run game, right? They gave him cushion. Daniel Hudson cruised through the whole thing. He's not a proven closer, right? right? He did a great job, but he didn't have to come in there and shut down that you know, come out of a jam in the eighth inning and then pitch the ninth, or come in the ninth where you up by one run and you got no margin for error. They took the heat off of him because they got the big hits to put the games away in the top of the ninth or the well, top and, of the eighth. And Patrick well, Corbin, he was you awesome. Give him credit well, too. I don't, I don't know why they took him out. I, I would have kept him in. Yeah. But the, the other big, the other thing too that I'm curious about, and you guys probably talked about this, how much heat will AJ Hinch take 
you play a game seven, you have Garrett Cole, yeah, who's been your nuclear him. weapon all year, yep. and you wait and wait and don't use him until it's too late. Do you agree with the time in which he took Granke out? Ken Rosenthal made a good point. Joe Buck started the, why wouldn't you just bring in Garrett Cole? He had been warming up. John Smoltz said, well, you bring the reliever in to get out of the jam. You want Garrett Cole to start the inning. I can buy that, but then Ken Rosenthal, I thought, made a good point. He said, well, if you're going to do that, and you're gonna, you were planning on using Cole, you already had him yeah. warming up, then why not bring your closer in to get at your best reliever right. after Soto walks and Greinke's done, right? Soto is the tying run. Greinke walks him. It's 2-1 to one with, two out, with one out in the seventh. Bring Osuna in there to get out of the seventh and then start Cole in the eighth and have him pitch as long as he needs to pitch. That's that's that was probably the move I thought. Yeah. But instead, you bring in a guy, and they they told the story. Will Harris, he he was he's a pretty good player, pretty good pitcher, but he'd been pitching a lot. He was ineffective in Game Six. The coach had mentioned AJ Hinch had mentioned how tired he was, and he's the guy you bring in there. That's a that's a questionable hey, Willie, decision. He trusts his guys. Okay, he's trying to win the game. <laughs> But this is why we have shows. You had like to this. go there, didn't you? Why? I'm just saying he tr- <laughs> right. he trusts his guys, and he's trying he's trying to win the game. But that was that was being first guess, right? The minute they brought Harris in, people were confused. Like, why? You you have Cole out there. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just bad. What, the Dodgers you, are in the same boat, right? They they got burned by the Nats too. They never yeah. brought in Kenley Jansen until it was too late. Of course. Look. The Nationals are the reason where everybody's questioning everybody, right? Because <laughs> right, the Nationals were. are the one. Yeah, and they were charmed. They, they got everything done. It was their done. year. Team they got guessing. it done. Yep. They, they, nothing phased them. They were big in clutch times. They were big late in games. Nothing affected them. Being down didn't affect them. I mean, it, it just hats off to the Nationals. They, they just absolutely, it was, an, it was impressive. And quite honestly, it's why I, I switched my pick yesterday at the end of the show. I've been going... Astros, 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 and yesterday we made our predictions. I said, "I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna go Nationals, man." I just they just look like they're. It's meant to happen. It's meant to be for them. What did I say too? I said, "Well, I'm gonna pick the Astros." So congratulations to the yeah, Nationals because I've been I've been wrong. All right, what time. do you guys make of this? Kyle Humphreys tweeted at us and said, "The reason home field doesn't mean as much anymore is because ticket cost is so much that the big wig." Big wig business people buy all the tickets, and they aren't as rowdy. It's frustrating because normal people can't afford tickets anymore. Wow! How much do you? How much stock do you put into that? It's, it's an interesting, That's interesting. theory, and I, I think the other part of that might be too that it's easier for the other team's fans to get their hold on the tickets. If you had enough money, well, that, a lot of people the, seem to have this as a hobby now. They just go well, buy that, the tickets. Look, yeah. that could be part of what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. One, you you price out. The, the Joe, blue collar, the craziest. Joe rowdy yeah. fan, yeah. you know, or whatever rowdy rowdy fan. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. That could pay whatever three hundred dollars right. for the ticket, but you know they're they're going for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And the other thing is, oh by the way, if you are rooting for the other team and you want to get in, you'll get in. If you have the money, you'll right. get in. Yep. Because somebody's going to sell their ticket at the right price to anybody. They don't care. Yeah. And so there is that going in. So that, it, it works both ways, right? You keep the really, really rowdy fans that can go to the norm, you know, the regular season games, but they're not going to be. They can't make the postseason. And don't forget, because 
that happened some here in the run. I mean, I, I had Predators fans come up and they were sad. I mean, it, but you know, it's it's business, and they the longer it goes, right? There's just certain fans. They just they can't afford to do it. Oh, you know, each round, and so it gets tougher, tougher. The bright, it's it's harder and harder, and so it's no different in baseball. It's no different in any sport, and. I don't I know how much. Really I don't know how much that factors into what we were talking yeah, about. It's a good but question. But it's got to be. It's there's got to be something to that. I think right? there is. I'd I, like I, to see a study done. Yeah, I would too. But I, I mean, just well, we have, first of all, we have to confirm that what we think in our mind is true is actually true. That home field advantage has gone down over time. I, I, don't, I don't know whether I it really, actually has. The numbers would having, have to tell us that without having the actual data in front of us. How could it not? Right. I mean, to me, it's just. It has to be on a decline somehow. Like, there's no way it's more, right, or less. There's no way. I, I don't know. I can't imagine. Like, I would have to believe that visiting teams have just had more success. In, in the four in major sports, sports. In the last, what? what? What's the time frame we want to use? Well, let, let's years, say the last years, 30 20, years. 30 years? Oh, 20 I, years? I was thinking of a more smaller sample. <laughs> well, because no, it, it, because to this point, Kyle, like ticket, it's like in the last like five, like things have gotten like crazy, crazy. Does like, what people pay? Do you guys think that? And the sec and the market, like all these sites where you can make yeah. your tickets readily, like that wasn't thirty years ago, twenty no. years ago. You didn't no, have th- this is all, all pretty recent, sites. and I think that's a factor. I think parity just overall with. The leagues, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the Nationals win the World Series, the Blues win the, the Stanley Cup. I think that factors in. But but why? But how does that apply to the Nationals? The Nationals did just the opposite. Their superstar, when you said Washington Nationals, you go Nationals. Name a player. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Right. Yeah. Right. Nine out of ten people say Bryce Harper, even though they've got other star players. People go, Bryce Sometimes Harper. you get rid of the star player and the team gets better. But you just said they, they let him go. Yeah, but so there, he but goes. That is, but there is parity. And though. they get better. Don't you think there is parity, though? More yeah, but, so than there was 20 years ago in baseball. Wait, but but they sure. had a superstar and they got better after. Let, so it. I mean, well, that's part of parity. The superstar goes from there to another team but, that's but trying to build up the Phillies. But there's a right? different they type They were down of superstar. and trying to come back up. There, there, is, more, there is more parity. Bryce Harper is a really, really, I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball, but he also has this spotlight on him that nobody else in that team had, and you can bring it close to home. I mean, the Predators had that with P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban's a really good player, but they traded him for financial reasons, and we know why and all that, but but it boils down to it, it takes hockey, something away, Everybody too. has the same resources to spend. It's not quite that way in baseball, but it is yeah. in for sure, hockey and football. That, so I think I would buy that argument 100% in the NFL in, and the uh, NHL. I, I, when I think still baseball, a little, I don't think parity. I mean, parity is not, is not a word that comes to mind when I think of Major League well, Baseball. If, if teams are down, they're not down because they don't have any money. Right. Uh, right? Tampa Bay and Oakland are probably the, the financially Oakland, poorest teams, but they're still really good teams. Pittsburgh, Miami, we can go through the list. They're not... At the same level, Kansas no, City they, Royals, as we just talked about, they're not going to be. But they at want the a World Series as the, the usual suspects that spend all the money. No, but they have enough money because it's gotten better. It used to be you couldn't you couldn't do it, but now with the revenue sharing, you have enough money if you play your cards right. You might not have the same margin of error. You're not going to spend the same as the Red Sox or the Yankees, 
but you can still win. Like the Nationals don't have as much money as the Yankees, but they, and that's why they probably couldn't sign Harper, but they still had enough to have a good team. Well, they offered to win. Him three hundred million dollars. It's not like they didn't offer him. Yeah, exactly. So they they had they, they gave him the offer. Right. Every team had, the Padres just signed Manny Machado, so they had right. they had money. How'd that work out? That hasn't worked yet. <laughs> All right, we will come <laughs> that back. That not worked yet. Fourth and final hour, we kick it off with Elliot Freeman. That's next.